1: Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement.
2: It's a total disrespect.
1: Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
2: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy spoke about Manchester United's defeat to Galatasaray. 60 Feats in 10 games is their worst start to a season since 1986. How do United stop the rot? Arsenal lose their first game of the season. Is Mikel Arteta to blame for Bukaya Saka eventually breaking down? After starting the last 87 consecutive games, should he have been rotated more? Plus, we analyse the audio of that VAR error. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Danny, Manchester United lose again um, Manchester United's 6th loss in 10 games This time Galatasaray, who are no world beaters, came calling It's the worst start to any season since 1986 Post-match, the question was asked to Eric Ten Hag You concerned about your job? Yeah, last season uh, oh, uh, went brilliant, terrific uh, More than we could expect But also when we went in this project We knew uh, that there will be, uh, will be coming caps and in this moment, we are a very difficult period, and as everyone is seeing. But yeah, we come out together, and we are fighting together, and we are stick together. And we are behind each other. And that is me, the, uh, the directors, uh, the team, all together, we will fight. And this is not us. Uh, we know we have to do better. And in togetherness, we will come out. In fairness, you can't say much else,
3: can he? Not really. I mean, if we were only talking about this game in isolation, it wouldn't be a problem because they were in control for lots of it and threw it away from some, some silliness and lost their heads a little bit. But it's been a really bad start to the season and the problems are mounting. The injuries, the problems off the pitch. Um, I mean, he's done a lot right since he's been in the, through the door. He's he's impressed and surprised a few of us, I have to admit, because I wasn't sure when I first saw him in terms of his presence, the way he spoke, the way, the way he came across, but... He did, he did exceed expectation in that first season. But I'm seeing a group of players who... I'm not really seeing an identity of what they're trying to do. You know, the, the system. I know there's a lot of personnel changes because of the injuries. I take that. No three left-backs are unavailable last night. So you've got a centre midfielder playing at left-back, which seemed really strange because they had pace in the wide areas and he's not the quickest hammer back. So he got, they got, he got done for one of the goals. But I'm not seeing what they're actually trying to do.
2: And that's worrying... Is there, it is. what it, it's.
3: You know, when when I watch Tottenham, there's an obvious plan with the ball.
2: Yeah,
3: and there's an obvious plan without it. Mm. In fact, you can start nailing it down. You can see what the fullbacks are doing when they've got the ball. How the two midfielders work. What 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 patterns of play they've done in training. The way they play out. The split the centre yeah, right. There's so much of it you can you can identify with because I've done it. Yeah. The United side—it's a bit like okay, okay I you. want to play out a bit because the keeper's better on the ball than a De Gea. But the rest of it is just a bit use your talent when yeah. you get, you know.
2: Hoyland's I mean, a positive, yes, oh, definitely. I
3: think he looks a real deal, hungry, yeah. beginning to isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. He, even I did a piece on him a couple of weeks ago where um, he didn't actually score, but he kept getting in the right areas. He's a proper forward, mm. and he's hungry. but this is this has
4: to be moved on. I was listening to that little watched channel Sky last night um with Jason Burt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Charlie Wyatt talking about the challenges that Ten Hag has because he doesn't have an effective management team above oh. him, and that the boardroom isn't. Come on now, this is this is Ten Hag's side. These are his selections. These are most majority of them are his purchases. And he's coaching them. And it's his coaching. And mm. we have to. I'm not suggesting that we should be talking about Ten Hag being fired, but we have to call it for what it is. Yeah. These are poor performances. They beat a. A poor Crystal Palace side midweek. Crystal Palace turned up on Saturday and turned them over. Unbelievable. A completely really different side. Yeah. They go to you know, Galatasaray. Of course, Wilfred Zaha turns up and scores, which is almost an inevitability. Yeah. You could write that one, couldn't you? Yeah. But you're losing these games. They were dreadful last week away, or two weeks away, against Bayern Munich. The 4-3 score flattered them.
2: They are poor from the dugout... To the pitch. So, so what is it a rot Simon? Is it history repeating itself again at Old Trafford? This time with Ten Hag. We're about to see uh, what happened to uh, Mourinho, what happened to uh, well, they, they Van all Gaal. Have, they, happened they all to... happened
4: for different reasons at different times in Manchester United's evolution over the last 10 years. It was interesting to see the trailers that Piers has got for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, where he talks about this man's inability to manage superstars. He's come from a Dutch league where there aren't particularly superstars. Ajax will we that tree. He hasn't had to, so the challenges for him scale and size. Ajax is a big football club, but each one of those managers had different had different challenges. Mourinho was going okay. I don't think Mourinho put himself into the job the way that he should have done by locating himself in Manchester rather than living in a hotel and commuting back and forth from London and then falling out of of out of out love with Manchester United because he couldn't get precisely what he wanted, which was the Maguire signing. Van Gaal, people just didn't take to him and David Moyes never got given a chance. I'm not going to discuss Solskjaer because everyone knows my views on that. It's well rehearsed. But Ten Hag is falling into the territory where, you know, he... Uh, he's beginning to become someone that doesn't appear to make a lot of sense and trots out tropes about togetherness mm. when the togetherness on the field seems to be far away from the reality of what a Manchester United in our minds I look
2: think, like. I think it boils down to this. Is this too simplistic, Danny? You played the game at the highest level. Certainly neither of us did. I think other teams in the Champions League and other clubs domestically have got better players than United and this proves it.
3: I think the hardest thing for a manager At a big club Is not to get good players playing well When they've got the ball Is to get great players And good players Which United have got Better than Palace Better than Galatasaray that's Better right. than Brighton That's right Is to work Ridiculously hard And do the difficult bits in football and Tell that's me a, who
2: the great players are So the motivation Who are the great players Well Varane
3: is, is one of the most decorated footballers Still playing You know One of the best centre-halves in Europe Won the World Cups Won the Champions League five times He's getting on though he is, but, you, but
4: you match them up. You can well, make let, an me, let me just against finish. Against Man City and against Liverpool, and the teams that are their peers. But Galatasaray are not their peers, and neither were Crystal Palace. No,
3: Man so United's it's, biggest it's, problem is they're too easy to play against. No, they they've got plenty of flair. They make chances every game they play. Their biggest problem is they're too easy to play against. Why is that? It's not because the players aren't good enough. They're not set up in the right way, and they don't work hard enough. Who motivates the players? The manager. Awesome. Who coaches the players? The manager. You do not see Liverpool and Man City and Arsenal to a di- now with Andre
2: Arteta mm. outworked and outran. But Danny, why have so many That's world-class managers failed in that home dugout at Old Trafford? And they have. Well, I think they failed mainly
3: because the comparison the, from Fergie and the bar set was so high. So unless you're winning Champions League and Premier League, you're failing at Man U. Yeah. So...
2: Yeah, but they, it seems like uh, Mourinho is the coach only top players, but they can't coach them at United. Well, <laughs> Mourinho, won a, Mourinho
3: won a couple of trophies with a lesser squad. than United have got now, so he did something right. Although the football wasn't and great, and the FA Cup, and then got fired the day after. Mm. Yeah, but mm. if, if we bring the, if we bring it to now, I think there's a simple a simple question that needs answering: is would this group of players be in a better position and play in better football and look more? Established and more uh, competent with a different manager.
2: What's the answer to that?
3: Well, if you put Klopp, Guardiola in there now, I Manu would be better because they've got better players than their league right. position. So today. is
2: Tin Hag not the answer then?
3: I as of now, well, I'm sure that he, doesn't, he as, doesn't. As of now, no. What he done last season, I would give him a bit longer to see if he's capable. But as of now, I'm not seeing the, the a group question of players always had moving to forward. forward. And
4: I was going to ask you that question you got there before me, which is, do you think he's got the ability to do the job? Do, the question is always going to be because it's Manchester United. Is the manager capable of winning the league? And if we look at it in isolation, no. they spend as much money, if not more, than others. Can Ten Hag <coughs> eclipse Guardiola or Klopp? No. And the answer I would think is a resounding no for most people. That means Manchester United are going to be the constant subject matter yep. of underachievement. Yep. Because all we're benchmarking it against is winning the league, winning the Champions
3: that's League. If, okay. That's if the hierarchy are so I mean, they might have a long-term plan and not be expecting to challenge for the title of the Champions League in the next year or two, but that doesn't sound like Man United.
1: The world's most dangerous download, outspoken, with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
2: I mean Paul, I don't know if you were there last night, but uh, this certainly is a backstory to what we saw last night, that Galatasaray fans managed to get themselves in amongst United fans.
5: That's got nothing to do with how they played on the football pitch, but it is a symptom of what goes on beyond the football pitch, no question about it. And, and that's really the reason I'm phoning up. Um, I don't phone these shows often, in fact I only phone your show, and I only phone when I disagree with Simon. Yeah. I mean, the, last <laughs> time I t- the last time I phoned was two years ago to talk about Murtagh and Arnold. But, Listen, one of the reasons I disagree with you, Simon, is that yep. you have somewhat protected the owners of the football club. Now, listen, I don't care how much they pay to the club. I don't care about a leverage buy Yeah. I don't care about debt. I don't care how much money they take out the football club. Good luck to them. They're yep. spending the money on transfers. That's all I care about. What I care about is football. And in this football club, there is no footballing structure at all. They remain the only... Well, why is the reason for that? They remain the only club, as far as I know, in the world who are totally manager-centric, manager-dominated, obsessed with finding the next messianic manager, right? But the problem is, it's not 1945, and it's not 1986.
4: In 2020- <laughs> but these are very easy fixes, aren't they, Paul? And you would have to wonder why, that given the cost implications of some of the decision-making processes that you say they're not making, why they would do them. I would advocate and suggest to you that a lot of managers... Want a different kind of dynamic than a setup in other football clubs. So, for example, Ten Hag might like direct access to the CEO who might like direct access to the money rather than having to go through a director of football. So it may not just be something as simple as the Glazers or Richard Arnold in this instance, because the Glazers are not going to sit there and run your football club. They're going to give budgets that they sign off and let Richard Arnold run it. That's why things like holes in roofs are ridiculous because they're easy wins to give the people that are unhappy. So if you look at that in, in isolation, you have to wonder why people would be making the most fundamentally... Uh, weak decisions about very easy fixes when 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 they're available for them to achieve. There must be a reason behind it rather than just the Glazers don't care, they're not paying any attention to it. They're paying enough attention to allow £200 million a season to be spent on
2: players. Mm.
3: And mm. most of them Ten Hag's players, by the way, recently.
2: But Paul, do you agree with yeah. Dan and Rotherham that Ten Hag gets too much praise for last season? United lost 25% of the games.
5: No, I, I don't agree with too much praise, but let let me just come back on that, if I yeah. may, Simon. Yep. Yeah. Okay, look, each manager, the last two managers so far, I think Solskjaer has given £400 million, then Ten Hag has been given £400 million. Now, yeah. you can say there may be a reason behind it, but so far we've got no idea what that is. But what we do know is that clubs that are successful do not operate in this way. Now, how can it be that you're giving one man £400 million pounds in two seasons to spend... Yep. Yeah. And, and how can it be that way? And then you can claim to be a successful businessman. Well, you can't do both. You can't lose a billion pounds on football players, give each one 400 billion and then become a successful business person. You're not. And worst of all, once you do that, you've, you've, you've screwed yourself. <laughs> Excuse my friend. Well, but, you, well, but you're stuck to the manager. You can't now fire the manager. Again, because you've invested let me put the alternate
4: context on this, right? You've, last year, you finished third in the league, you won the League Cup. You've got you're up against opposition like Manchester City that are far more significant than opposition that you've been up against in previous incarnations. Isn't there an element of yes, the Glazers aren't doing what they could and should be doing by hiring the right management beneath them that gets the essence of what's missing? But also, the nature of what you're competing against, the marketplace that you're that you're now in, is a very different marketplace than the one that Manchester United used to dominate ten or fifteen years ago when David. Uh, Gill and Alex Ferguson
5: were in their most imperious moments. But, but you've got to compete. It doesn't matter what the marketplace is. Winning the, 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 the But you are competing, out aren't market. you? You're outspending well, no, people. no, we're not. We came third and we won a Mickey Mouse. Well, out. you're but outspending people, though, aren't you? But I'm not, I'm not interested in competing for winning money. Neither any Man United fans. We're interested in winning trophies. If you look at Manchester City, all you've got to do is a simple Google search. Type in Manchester City football structure. What you'll find is about seven or eight departments staffed with tens of people, best in class, all linked together, all working in the same direction, presumably, and the manager now slots into the middle. So I disagree with you when you say that City will fall when Pep leaves. I disagree because they're not manager-centric. The manager comes into a structure which is linked together and built. If he fails, he can fall through and the structure remains. But there's no the manager- way, is
4: there? Paul, that Manchester City, under the seven or eight years that the Mansur ownership had prior to the arrival of Pep Guardiola, were achieving the levels that Pep Guardiola achieved. You had Pellegrini in there, you had Mancini in there and Mark Hughes to start it off. The, the revolution to the size, scale and performance of Man City is entirely Guardiola-centric. And the moment Guardiola goes out, you will have a
2: dip in the same way that Man United had a dip with Ferguson, Man United and, and Arsenal had a dip with Wenger. Are, Paul, are you saying, to simplify this, Everyone that likes of City and Liverpool Are singing from the same hymn sheet At Manchester United With the Glazers at the top They're not They they just
5: don't There is no winning structure that's the only thing that matters. Don't talk to me about money. Yeah, there's no enough. winning. There's no winning structure at the football club because what we are set uh, where where Manchester City is set up as a global corporate in a global game. They're akin to Amazon. We are akin Manchester United are akin to a corner shop. There's two blokes in the back room and a, and, and some guy on the till making all the decisions for the shop. But is that a matter and of fact, cannot...
4: Paul? I mean, you're trotting that out yeah. as if it's a matter of fact. I don't have the I don't have the hierarchical structure and the, and the chart of who works when,
5: why and where.
2: Nonetheless, it's a brilliant analogy, isn't it? No, it's an interesting one, but it doesn't necessarily make
5: it right.
4: Paul,
2: finish it off for us.
5: Well, just Google, do me a favor. Google that structure of Manchester United and you'll see six Glazers on the board, a couple of guys you've never heard of, and Sir Alex Bird. Burgess- but we're not talking
2: about
4: boards. We're talking you about the infrastructure beneath them to provide the fabric of the quality of a winning culture that you're you are talking want. about recruitment we're talking teams, director of football, We're talking cetera, about all of these people, not the
2: board structure. I'm not talking about... I Edwards think there's some glazes. substance in
3: what you're saying. I think there's some substance you in what you're saying. I'm not disputing it. i would to, to evaluate himself.
2: how is. Well, uh, uh, let, let's to you, and I think if Paul had the chance to ask you this, he would. Do United have the best in class?
4: Well, evidently, if you look at the outcomes, you'd have to say no.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk sport.
2: Arsenal going to lawns and losing. Questions have got to be asked. Um, Arteta... Is he in the dock this morning Danny Before we hear him Is he in the dock this morning Regarding Bukayo Saka Eventually breaking down This is a player who started the last 87 consecutive games 87 consecutive This was almost inevitable That he's going to pull up sometime isn't it yeah, pretty much. I, I've thought all along... Not, not I don't
3: mind him playing a lot of the games, but I, I think in so many games where they were up last season, they left him on the pitch, they played him in Europe in games they didn't need to. I um I don't think he rotates him very well, generally. No. Now, I'm not... They were 3-0 su- up at Bournemouth, and he, did, he didn't take him off early. Well, he had a knock as well. Now, I'm not... I don't know if the knock... It doesn't look like the knock is linked to the muscle injury he got last night, so that's... But... If you're winning 3-0 away at Bournemouth and your player's limping around and he's got a knock, just bring him off. Give him a breather. They're, they've got lots of quality. They don't need to be so heavily reliant on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so- I and I think although he'll say, I've heard Arteta talk about it this week and, and saying, you know, he's got players have got to have the mentality to play 50 plus and all these things. And he's right. I don't like players needing to be rested often but there has been opportunities for Saka to have a breather. Well, They've surely. got plenty
2: of other guys who can come in and do a good job. Well this job. was put to Arteta post-match and, and this is what he said on Saka.
3: He tried to back heal the ball in the first half and he felt something. Um, it was something muscular and he wasn't comfortable to carry on so we had to take him off. Now we don't know anything more than that. Obviously it was big enough uh, not to allow him to continue to play the game and that's obviously a worry for us.
2: So, Arsenal take on Manchester City, Simon, um, next Sunday. Yeah. This Sunday coming, potentially without Saka there's and There's no way be playing. It's a muscle injury. it it's it's no so, I mean, there's Danny telling us, no, you can forget him now. He, he won't feature, because you know what goes on with an injury like well, that. Well, you
3: saw Danny. him limping to the dugout. The thing is, if Jim, if you've got muscle injury on a, in a midweek, you're not playing at the weekend.
2: I mean, pre- presumably pre-match, if there's no Saka before City, someone's bound to say Arteta. 87 consecutive games. Well, that's um, the the assumption
4: uh, is a good assumption that someone's going to ask the question and we're going to understand from the horse's mouth why he's felt the necessity. I mean, there is an ideal that if your best players are fit and they want to play, you play them. I mean, I would imagine that Haaland... Played in as many games as they possibly could have him playing last year. No, with, rest, the ex- with the exception
3: him. of when he wasn't fit. No, they, he was sat on the bench a few
2: times. Good seat, yeah. The 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 exception that there's always one exception. i see Dan, he's durable. When he's kicked, he gets up.
3: He's phenomenal, fit, hungry, and what Arteta did mention the other day, and to be fair, said that Saka himself desperately wants to play all the games. But that's a 22 year old. You know, you need. You it's not managing. his decision. One of the one of the most durable front. Three, well front three actually was Mane, Salah and Firmino in the heyday they never miss games and there's something to be said when forward players are playing well but what what Sane, Firmino uh, Sane, Mane Firmino and Salah did was they got brought off in games a lot 20 mm. minutes and they, yeah. and, the, and as we know sports science tells us the last quarter of the game is when you're in the red zone, most fatigued, most susceptible to injuries. I know Saka did this early, but he rarely brings Saka off. But there must
4: be a reason. I mean, they're not devoid of intelligence. They're not devoid of the same principles.
3: Fear. Fear. He
4: gets... Arteta... Well, he's going to have a bigger fear now, isn't he, because he's now missing him. gets
3: fearful if when
2: he brings him off they're not as... Potent, and they're not as strong. Jason and Brighton thinks he's nailed it. Arteta's always got Saka in his fantasy team. I don't think so. I think it's a bit <laughs> more serious than that, Jason. Um, yeah, you, you, you have to wonder about Arsenal then taking on City at this particular time. Then, if there is more, no Martinelli, if there is no Saka,
3: well, City be favourites anyway, even if they had those two. Yeah, the, but the great two thing the is most potent, the pace. Mm. It's the pace. Mm. It's the counter attack. It's the speed. When you see them two on a team sheet, you think, whoa. You know they 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 brought. They had Trosson on the left yesterday starting to get who I like, he's a goal threat. And you've got he brought Vieira, Vieira on on the right wing, who's lovely footballer, but he's not quick. Yeah. Now, if they set up with them two against City, the fullbacks don't have to worry about being run, no one's them two aren't running in behind. That's a problem straight away. Gives give City yeah. control. Yeah. They are different qualities, I get that. But he had Reese Nelson quick, direct, could have brought him on last night. He might play at the weekend. The only saving grace for Arsenal is City if they lost the last two. They're not quite at it. This, you know, they've had a couple of games where they've not been at it. But that also, you could argue, goes the other way. Where
2: wounded animal. Yeah. Uh, Tim. uh, Tim in in Sutton. Tim Vine and Sutton—is it Tim Vine? <laughs> I think it's the Tim Vine that we know and love. Sutton's next to me. Hinds, hind, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I don't remember any of the pundits, uh, clever clog pundits, complaining that Saka was on game number eighty consecutive game number eighty-one I sp- or I eighty-two spoke about or, this or eighty-three, last season after
3: a European game, I said uh, I couldn't believe he was playing. He? I have, I have,
2: yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I, don't,
3: I don't understand why when they were going for the title last year, the European and, and the cup games, he wasn't rested in all of them. The
1: world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
2: Danny, uh, if ever there was a moment for you, it is now, because you always said, I don't trust this VAR system. Um, it is problematic. There will be a build up to one huge clangor of a moment. There's incompetence. It's always going to happen further down the road. Well, in many ways, it did happen uh, at the weekend. That Luis Diaz goal ruled out. Uh, in in quite spectacular circumstances. So um, there was an enormous amount of pressure on the PGMOL to release the audio uh, that was involved in the moment. The the VAR truck in conversation, the audio, the VAR truck in conversation with the people on the field of play, the referee and his assistants. So if you want to tune in now and listen with... uh, an an acute ear to this you'll get a rough idea of the kind of chaos that was on uh, on the go between truck and pitch at that particular time at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium here we go
5: oh good both holding
2: both holding yeah leave it though waiting delaying delaying yes give it coming back for the offside mate
3: just checking the offside delay delay give a kick point let's go kick point please so here we are yeah, give me 2D line ready. I feel as well for frame right, two so after that. That's frame, fine. Frame two there. Perfect. I've got yep. the time on the cycle 2D himself. line on left boot. Yep. Well, let me Romero just switch angle. I think it might be this angle better. Hey. Happy okay. with this angle? Yep. You, yep. Yeah. 2D line on the boot. 2D line on the boot. Yep. Okay. So 2D line on the boot. I'll zoom Check in. complete. Check complete. Yeah. It's fine. Perfect. Yep. <laughs>
5: Off. Thank Hi you. Mate. Thank you so mate. Wait, wait, wait. The On-field on. decision was offside. Are you are you happy with this? Yeah. Are you happy with this?
3: Offside decision field's... goal. Yeah. That's, no, that's what it does.
5: What? On field decision no. was offside. Are you happy with this image? Yeah, it's onside. The image we gave Play. him was yeah. onside. Left back. He's played, he's yeah. gone offside. Delay, delay, delay. saying to delay, Oli's saying to delay.
2: Red throw, red throw.
3: Pardon?
5: Oli's calling in to say delay the game to, to complete. The decision yeah. is offside. Cut Ollie's saying to delay. Ollie's saying to delay. Ollie? Yeah.
3: Delayed,
0: again. Delayed
3: again. Again. the game. Delayed the game. Stopped the game. They've restarted the game. Yeah, they've restarted. Yeah. Can't do anything. No. I can't do anything. I can't no, no. do
2: anything. And that was that. I mean, we're shaking our heads when we listen to that.
3: Um, just the first thing, just one quick thing before we go into it. I think it needs addressing the Lionsmen who flagged for offside what is he doing flagging we know since since the last couple of years that Lionsmen keep their flags down on it I know it's not all his fault but he's, he's got away scot-free the ruling is five yards unless he's five yards offside keep your flag down till the end of phase of play what the hell is the lionsman doing well he did
2: he kept it down for a period and then raised the flag straight away when the goal, when the ball went into the back of the net. No, he, he raised, raised his flag. flag
3: as he was running through.
2: Well, there's debate as to whether or not that's the case. This but, is
4: this is probably Howard trying to get more on-field um, engagement, more on-field right. No, they ownership. can't.
3: The rule doesn't allow that. The rule, the well, for, rule, for, the, the, for the rule is unless just, you think the five. But let's move it on. Forget for those that. Who have just listened to what we go just...
2: This it. is what we've just heard. So we've heard the audio for the first time. And for those who are still unclear about what happened Darren England on VAR and his assistant Dan Cook Thought the on-field decision was a goal when it was actually offside So told the referee Simon Hooper that the check was complete So the game went on That mistakenly confirmed the offside decision should stand With Tottenham receiving a free kick Then you would hear a collection of voices from truck to on the pitch Delay the game delay the game what they were saying there was stop the game stop the game because this isn't right Mm. and you heard another voice saying can't do that we can't do anything we can't do that we've restarted but they still Simon if they did anything about them if they could live through this moment again they would have delayed the game and stopped the game no, because no, no. that would have been the right decision. But this is the culture that has
4: to be engendered in them. A protocol is put in place for a reason because if you don't have protocols, then you'll have a free-for-all. But there are exceptions when the protocol, the law is an ass, yeah. right? And in this instance, they knew. We all knew what was going to come out of that audio. There's nothing in that audio that we're surprised by. They yeah. were they were watching something different and adjudicating the digital technology worked. They adjudicated the decision saying, yes, it's onside. But they weren't paying attention to the fact that on the field, the linesman had done something Danny suggested he shouldn't be doing. So maybe that's priced into the reality of it. They haven't assumed, they've already, because they're rest of the rules, they're thinking the linesman couldn't possibly have flagged because he's not able to. So that's programmed into their thinking. So all of a sudden, they're not paying attention. The key part of that conversation, besides the absolute incompetence of not being diligent about what you're looking at, is when Ollie says, but this is wrong. Delay, delay. Delay. And the next answer should have been, sod it, delay.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, delay. Yeah. There delay. is there is one aspect of the beginning of the the footage. The referee is heard saying, I'm coming back, we're coming back for offside. Very early in what we just heard. Yeah. Why? Hasn't he heard that? Is he not? The, why is Darren England not hearing? Yeah. The referee say coming mm. back for offside. Now... That's a mistake, human error, I get it. He's he's, he's, he's distracted, maybe he's a bit tired, whatever. All those arguments could be fair. The reality is, now, is what is put in place to make this never happen again. And I'm sure Howard will get something But this is the question, it's twofold. It's the
4: question of competency and culture and leadership on the field. And then it's it's the question of, what do we move VAR on to be able to take this out of the equation? And I go back to my original point at the top end of this show when we have semi-automated offsides, yeah, that why work. did the clubs vote against it? Mm. And I wonder if one of those clubs were well, Liverpool. I wonder why the big clubs voted against this idea of semi-automated offside. It does not, it does not... We should ask Liverpool. It, it does not excuse the complete and utter... Lack of process, diligence yes. and competence. Yes. And however much we want to defend the referees and, eng- and, and engender a better culture on the pitch, right. you cannot defend that incompetence because that. Danny's <laughs> point. He'll make the point and he's right to make it. That is nothing but incompetence.
2: It made me think of times when I used to work at Sky and there's a former boss of mine, Trevor East, just on. Cool. And Trevor. he's quite right about this. You know Trevor, Simon. Mm-hmm. And he said, you presented... Transfer deadline day and umpteen occasions, and there's so many voices in your ear, and it made me think of that when I listened to that Simon, and and basically what Trevor East is quite rightly pointing out is it's like that in your ear oh. where you would only hear a director and a producer, two voices you could rely on yep. because of the information they were giving you. That was a babble, too many voices, too no, many voices. No, 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 no. So
3: let's get it and right. No one's
2: grabbing the
3: moment. No one's grabbing the moment. But the the guy in Var is sat with his assistant Var. Yeah, so he's got no, not got him in his ear. He's with him. Yeah, the only person he's got in his ear is the ref. That's what I think. He's got to hear the ref say coming back for offside.
4: Hmm.
3: Now, has he got one ear on, one ear off? Who knows? Is he? Well, that's right. Who knows? But if he but, hears
4: that, if he hears that, if he hears coming back for offside, he's
3: adjudicating something that he, he didn't know what he was adjudicating. He thought he was adjudicating. Yeah, but he should have done A goal. Dermot Gallagher came up with something really simple he had on yesterday, and I was listening to him. And Dermot's great. He speaks well, he's calm, and he said. All that needs to be said every time something goes to VAR, from VAR to the referee, is what is the on-field decision. But that's what he did say. No, nobody said that. They said coming back for offside. He said it. Flip it quickly in the in the speed. But, that's of qu-
4: the, but that is that is it. Now we, what we can't, what we cannot get into our heads, and no one in this room can be able to explain it, is what Darren England heard or why he, he didn't, didn't hear. It, did he? Why he didn't hear? Well, this is a moment. You have got to hear that they've just scored a
2: goal. Surely that's the moment when you're in tune. You say that, but sometimes
3: sometimes you talk and I don't hear it. That's because you tune out.
2: (laughs) Well, here's the thing, Danny, and we're going to head to a break and I'm keen to get uh, the views of some of the listeners on this. Now that we've heard the audio, and there's so much hoo-ha about it, release the audio, release the audio, we've heard it. It's a mess. It's a dog's dinner. It was always going to be, I'm not sure. Does it make you feel more or less positive about VAR and those operating it?
3: In a weird way, I think it's got to end up as a positive. Yeah, me too.
4: Releasing the audio. Yeah,
3: we, yeah, because it is showing a complete um, incompetency and it's showing a, a, a real chaotic... No, not not from that point of view, because I think that was designed... It will bring to, good. I think, yes, that's the point. I think the
4: fact that we, we, we've got a watershed moment here, mm. this is indefensible. This is cultural and discipline hmm. and process-driven failing. Yeah, and it's and it's and you have to be able to say that in fairness because you cannot make a case for defending this. We've tried to defend it. You cannot not this particular instance, but referees force stop. What do you yeah. make about the nicknames and people being too familiar? Oh, well, I right? don't care about that because it's no different than people engaging with one another in an environment where they respect one another and they've developed a camaraderie. The
2: process is going to be right and it's not, and the decision's got to be right and it's not. You can have a situation, delay the game, delay the game, I can't do anything, I can't do but that, anything, but it's restarted. A, but that's a culture. That is a yeah. giant That's mess. fair. No,
4: but, that, but that's a culture, that's Jim. Fair. You can't have a protocol, you can't have no protocol so that ultimately people make it up as they go along. No. The protocol is once the game's restarted, you can't start. But in an exceptional circumstances where my word, we've just dropped the ball. You have to have somebody in that dug, in that in that truck that has the courage. When well, he did, to, to and say, he wasn't even no, a man. Not the person that was making the decision, the person that was making the decision, needed to have the courage. No, he to bottled say, it. I'm going to do this, and I guarantee you. Web would have supported them. absolutely yes. we all would guarantee yeah. you ok
1: download stand well back listen Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station Talk
2: Sport thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan please leave us a five star review wherever you get your podcast from we're back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show